Welcome to a new episode of the Big Idea Big Moves podcast. The new the voice new of voice success. success. We all want to feel successful and fulfilled in our lives, but that can be a bumpy road. Through the experiences, journeys and advice of our guests here on Big Idea Big Moves, we will help you get a jump start on experiencing and cultivating whole life success. Be ready to take notes. Every episode has action items that you can apply to your own life right away. Okay, let's get this started. I will now pass you over to the host of Big Idea Big Moves, Jamie Allison. Hi again, everybody. I'm Jamie Allison, and this is the Big Idea Big Moves podcast. This is the destination for high performers. We talk to people from different genres, different fields, people just doing really cool things in their space. And, and uh, we have one of those today. Today, we're going to talk to uh, an athlete who's also ventured into other areas of, of coaching and, and other things as well. Um, but it follows right in line with some of the people that we've talked to because we do talk to athletes. We talk to CEOs, entrepreneurs, um, scientists, um, people just doing really neat things that we can take bits and pieces away from their journey and, and their uh, experiences and hopefully translate them into our own lives as well. Um, so so the other th- um, group that that really kind of aligns well with them that is a supporter of the podcast is Epitome Sportswear. Um, they kind of look at that whole life success um, you know, aspect like we do on uh, Big Idea, Big Moves. Um, their uh, motto is live life fully, and, and that's something that we look for as well. The other thing is that they really feel that it's important to give back to the community they serve, um, and they are working to impact the inequities in opportunity for girls and women uh, in sport. And for that reason, a portion of their profits goes directly to organizations and initiatives that support girls in sports. So something that's uh, really cool from that end. Um, definitely take a look at uh, our Instagram bio. You can see a link through there. Um, there's actually a, a percentage uh, discount as well. So feel free to, to use that if you want to. Um, or you can go directly to um, epitomesportswear.com. That's E-P-I-T-O-M-E sportswear. Um, And today, uh, really uh, excited about being able to talk to uh, Riley Matthews. Um, She's a developmental um, bobsledder for Team USA and has successfully competed in the North American Cup as part of that journey. Hopefully, we'll talk a little bit about that experience. Um, She was an NJC AA Division I All-American in Javelin, I know, and also a NCAA uh, Division I track and field athlete. Um, so that's really cool. And she's also a strength and conditioning coach, has a master's in professional communication, and is a certified performance enhancement uh, specialist, which, uh, you know, is all of those things that I know we talk about. Um, so first of all, you know, your, your bobsled season's kind of wrapped up right now. Um, Riley, what's what's that like kind of being in that in-between space and everything? What, is, what does that look like for somebody who's been dedicated to that for a little while now I mean for me being a developmental athlete nothing has really changed um I feel like being developmental it's just kind of been work 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 and now going into the off season you know um potentially preparing for my first push championships and so it's just kind of more work it kind of hasn't really stopped (laughs) (laughs) yeah I guess that's true it and when you're when you're trying to get to that level a lot of it is just trying to figure out um everything with it maybe maybe tell us a little bit about because um um bobsledgers are different that way sometimes you you kind of fall into that sport a little bit or try to find your way after going through track and field and a couple of other things so tell us a bit about your athletic journey because it has really varied and and getting into bobsled is sometimes a little bit different as well so talk to us about that 
Yeah. Okay. So I did track and field in college, right? As you said, um, and I was a thrower, so was not a sprinter, right? Was a thrower. I actually don't like running at all. So, um, <laughs> ironic. so yeah, ironic, right? So, um, I was a thrower, right? Big, strong, powerful. I can move heavy things really fast for just a couple of seconds. Um, and I got done with college and I, I didn't really feel like I was done being an athlete yet. Yeah. Um, and I know that a lot of people go through that, especially collegiate athletes, we get done competing and it's like, oh, like what now? You know what I mean? And I, I felt like I wasn't done. Um, and I was working and there was a guy that came in that started working with us. And he actually used to be on the USA bobsled team as well. Mm-hmm. And he approached me and said, you could be really good at this. And this was in 2018, 19. Yeah. Um, you know, and he said they do USA bobsled does open combines. And I was living in Utah at the time and Park City. There's a track in Park City. And in 2019, I went and did my first combine and actually did pretty well. I think I placed third overall for the women. Um, Didn't get invited to camp, unfortunately. But kind of ever since then, I've just been working and going to combines. And I'm like, I'm going to make this work. And I really want to be a bobsledder. And This last year, one of the um, coaches that's at Park City, she called me and was like, hey, Riley, like, if you still want to do it, it's time. So yeah. come wow. on up. And so that was it. Cool. And, yep. and, you know, you you did um, you were you were racing, you were doing kind of um, those things and you, and you placed well in, in some of those events and, and things like that. What was mm-hmm. what was it like the first little while where you truly were kind of going into going into races in a sport that's so different than maybe what you've done before? It, oh man, it was a whirlwind. And the thing that kind of, I really, like I said, it was just a huge whirlwind. Everything was brand new. I think the first day that I got to like our first like sliding practice, they just handed me a helmet and a mouthpiece. And they were like, the girls are up at the top. They'll explain everything to you. (laughs) And I was like, okay, like we're really doing it. Like, here we go. You know what I mean? And we kind of got, um, like we were in Park City for a month. And so every day it was getting better and better, learning more and more, and then finishing off with that, those races at NAC. So it yeah, it was yeah. totally worth it. It was awesome. Very cool. And what did, what was the big, because you you had mentioned that you um, you obviously um, have the, the explosive power part and mm-hmm. you know is what what was the biggest transition for you and and was it was it easier because you ha- already had kind of explosive power or is it you know what was the big transition for you um i think the biggest transition for me was learning technique and getting better at sprinting like i said i don't like running and i'm not the greatest sprinter in the world so that's kind of been my weakness yeah. but like i find it so fun, like hitting the sled as hard as I can and like making it move. Like, I think that's one of the funnest parts about like racing and pushing a sled. Like, I think that's a blast. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you know, the first time you went down, I mean, I asked this a few people uh, because I've talked to uh, a number of people that are in your type of position. Um, And it's always uh, the, the experience is slightly different for everybody, but the first time you, you, you know, tuck in at the back and go down. What was what was that like? Because some people say it's it's nothing like a roller coaster. Other people say it's so fast that you just you you hope you know when to put the brakes on. <laughs> like all of those things. What what's that like? It, oh, the first time, it's not like a roller coaster. It's yeah. not, and I'm not gonna lie. It's not fun. It's yeah. not fun being in the back of the sled, and it's kind of scary. 
the first couple times um, because your brain and your body are telling you, you should not be doing this. Yeah. You should not be going down in this sled and you're going so fast and it's not comfortable, right? You're kind of like heading back and forth in between, you know, the sides of the sled and depending on how your pilot does that run could be a good run, could be bad. Yeah. Um, but it, it feels like that minute takes forever. Your first okay. couple of times, it feels yeah. like the longest minute, but then once you kind of start to learn the track and know where you're at, it gets a lot better. And then the nerves kind of calm down and it's not such a big like rush, you know, like, wow, I just yeah. went down a track in a bobsled. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it's interesting. I think, I think it was Colleen Fosh. I think I asked and she, um, she had said that was um, the, the biggest thing was also once she got past the worry going down, um, part of it was her worry of when do I put the brakes on? And, you know, and a mm -hmm. lot of that has to do with, you know, your pilot being able to help you for the first few times, I would assume mm -hmm. if you don't know the track. So, um, so interesting how, how people feel that first time. And, and if you get past the, the fear of it, the first couple of times, then, you know, it, it's, it's something you can do. Yeah, it is. It's, it's very scary. Like I said, it was, I, I got done with my first run and I remember just kind of getting out of the sled and your adrenaline's just through the roof, but yeah. it's like, I made it and this feels awesome. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was, yeah, it's you worth accomplished it. something by the time you did it. So, mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it, it, right now, I mean, obviously it, one of the things that I'm, I'm sure you want to be able to do is to be able to get to the Olympics and, you know, and there's lots of stages to get there, but has that, um, has that always, because you have been, um, you know, athlete in a, a bunch of different sports, has that always been something you've wanted to do? Is that now something that you think, oh, well, maybe that's something I want to do in this sport. What's, what's that been like for you? I think that for me, it's been, it's kind of been in the back of my mind for a while, but I just didn't know what it was going to take to get there. Yeah. Um, you know, like I was, I was a decent athlete in college um, as a javelin thrower, but I, I wasn't throwing anywhere near Olympic caliber and I had a really, really bad shoulder injury. Um, yeah. So it's like that, that really wasn't going to happen for me. But now that I've kind of gotten more involved in bobsled, it's like, wow, like this, this could actually happen. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if things lined up correctly and I do everything that I need to do, like this could potentially happen for me. So like, I would say, like, yes, the Olympics is a goal. Yeah, it is there. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. Very cool. Um, and the other thing is uh, that goes along with that, especially as an amateur athlete, and, and a lot of people maybe don't realize that, but it's uh, um, not only is it a difficult kind of athletic journey, but the other side is, is you've got to, you know, get, um, you know, funding to go, you've got sponsorships, you've got all that fun stuff that happens on the side of that as well. How has that transition been for you? And you're probably early on in those stages, but um, you know, what's it, what's it like for somebody who's starting in that type of sport, knowing that you you have to do a lot more to be able to to kind of gather those things yourself yeah it that's has probably been the toughest part for me like the training and things I love that right like I find that to be the most enjoyable part but yeah finding the funding and the sponsors and people to help you out has been it's been really tough um I yeah. I think that I really got lucky in Utah because I was living and working um in Ogden Utah which is only an hour from Park City so that was really easy for me to just drive to Park City every day. Um, but now I live in Canada. And so it's I have to fly around a little bit more. Um, and it's it's really tough. And I'm not very good at social media and kind of yeah. like selling myself and being present. Like that's just something yeah. that I need to work on. But it's it's been tough. 
it's been really tough and I have a GoFundMe and that sort of thing, but it's, there's not as many, um, businesses, I would say like people want like the clothing, um, sponsorships and the shoes and all these things, but they're, those are so hard to get. Yeah. They're very, very hard to get. So, yeah. Well, and that's, uh, I mean, and GoFundMe is one way of being able to do it. And a lot of things are just, um, you know, a, a lot of people don't realize how expensive these sports can be, especially when it's it's a bit of a niche sport too. So it's just being able to make sure that, um, you know, you're able to do that is, it can be really difficult. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, so, you know, you, I know do um, a lot of, you work not only on your own, but you also, um, you have coached, you have done kind of those things as well. And, um, um, you know, maybe just kind of talk to us about what's, how different is that for you to, to go from being able to kind of coach yourself almost. And, you know, obviously I know you have coaches and all those things, but being able to, to kind of get yourself moving that way, but what's it like for you to transfer that to somebody else and to be able to help someone else in their Mm. journey? That's a really good question. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a strength and conditioning coach. Um, right. So teach weightlifting, conditioning, right. Getting athletes in shape, all those good things. Um, and it's funny because I don't really talk about my athletic journey and kind of what I'm doing in athletics a whole lot. So a lot of the time athletes don't really know. Um, but I do have little tidbits that I like to give them. I think that my biggest thing is finding athletes that because weightlifting is hard training every day is hard right these are all really really hard things to do um and my biggest thing is like you just got to go every single day and do the little things because the little things turn into big things right um you know I've had athletes that like don't want to do rehab and they don't want to stretch and they don't want to do all these little things but it's like no like from my experience someone who has had terrible injuries and still has injuries and working through these things and trying to be a really great athlete, the little things really matter. Um, and I, I find that when I coach, I learn something about myself as well when I coach other people. So yeah. I'll coach somebody and kind of learn more things about myself that help me be a better athlete as well. So it's, you know, kind of a mutual relationship that way. Yeah. And, and so goal setting, you know, what do you do? Um, but what do you do for yourself? Does that differ with how you would work with, uh, you know, a, an athlete that, um, that you're working with from a strength and conditioning side? Like, do you, do you approach it the same way or is it different for you? Um, no, I do it the exact same way with my athletes that I do it for myself. You know, I, I tend to look at things obviously like big picture, like what's the big thing that we're working for. Um, you know, whether it be like winning a conference championship or athletes, I work with younger athletes now that, you know, might want to go to college in the United States and play a sport, you know, for me, like I want to go to push championships this year and do well, you know, looking at the big picture and then breaking them down into smaller, smaller and smaller things to the point where like every day we're going to have, you know, a small goal to maybe lift this much weight or do this Olympic lift a little bit better than we did yesterday. Just things like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, And, um, you know, when, when you've kind of looked at your own path, I mean, obviously you've had, you've had some injuries, you've had, I'm sure many things that didn't go the way that you wanted them to go. Um, and, um, you know, that builds up a resiliency over time, but maybe just talk about, you know, how, how has that built up for you? And, and does it come from like, a, is that in order to get to the level that you have in many of these places, you have to have some of that anyways, but do you find that that's something that you've been able to build up and does some of that come innately for you? 
Okay, yeah, I I don't know why I do this, but for some reason I always start a new sport like later in life and like yeah. behind where everyone else has started. So with track and field, I didn't actually do anything in track and field until I was a junior in high school. Oh, wow. Up until that point, softball was my entire life. Yeah. And I started track my junior year and I think it was my dad that told me like you're behind a lot of the kids that have been doing this for a long time so like you're gonna have to work really hard to catch up yeah and it's like okay like I want to be good at this so hard work into that right and it was I guess the same thing with with bobsledding you know there there are people that have been doing this for a really long time and of course bobsled there's a lot a lot of sprinters um and I'm not a sprinter. So that was just yeah. kind of another thing where it's like, I'm a little bit behind. So I have to put in just that much more work to get up to where I need to be. Um, it's kind of one of those things, like I might not be the most talented person, but I'm going to work harder than everybody else is going to, in my mind. Yeah, yeah. And do you, um, do you find that's a, is that a real difference maker in the people that you deal with as well? Like one of the things that you obviously, you know, mental preparation is a, a big part of what you do. Um, you know, do you find, are you able to coach that, I guess, or is it something that, um, you know, you have to bring out that's maybe already there? I think that it's partially already there, but you kind of have to let athletes fail so that they can learn to overcome. Um, I think that if, you know, a lot of the times if you, if you coddle them and tell them, you know, just like work hard and do this and do that. But then once you've seen an athlete fail, they usually bounce back so fast and they work twice as hard as they did before. So they kind of have to learn that and me already having done it once. It's like, okay, I, I know what I have to do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, when, when you're in, because you're in in your off season right now and you mentioned how it's it doesn't really change so do you um do you have to approach your training completely differently at this point in time like do you do big cycles or are you kind of a pretty consistent kind of person when it comes to to training especially when you know your your off season is only a a chunk of time Mm -hmm. um i mean right now i'm kind of just taking it four weeks at a time is kind of how my blocks are set up um i'm coming off of a pretty bad back injury. Um, so right now just building strength back up to where I was before I got injured is huge. Um, it was, my back was so bad to a point that I could not squat and I couldn't pick up anything off of the floor. It was, it was terrible. And, you know, for me, like a month ago, a little win was me being able to pick something up off the floor without having any back pain. So so we're getting there, but it's, I'm bouncing back a lot faster than I thought I would for sure. Good, good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and influences for you. I mean, obviously to go through kind of what you've gone through and where you are, are there certain people that have influenced your journey and that you look to now to, um, you know, kind of see as, as mentors that way? Yes. I, I wouldn't say that I have any particular like athletes that I look up to, yeah. but yeah. I have, I think like I've been very lucky where I've had a lot of coaches that have definitely looked after me and taught me a lot. Um, number one being my coach in college, his name's, uh, Todd Lehman. He works at Grand Canyon university. He's a pole vault and multi-coach. Um, you know, he's kind of the guy that took a chance on me in college and he is kind of the one that, like I said, he was a huge mentor and he, he taught me so many things just about life in general 
and a lot of things in sport. And still to this day, I think that I could call him and he would pick up and, you know, he's, he's just that kind of person. He'll always be there for me kind of thing. Um, he's the one that really taught me about enjoying the journey rather Mm -hmm. than just wanting to be at the end and wanting that instant gratification. Um, I was going through a really hard time in college and I wanted to be really good at throwing javelin right now. And I was missing all of the great things that collegiate athletics has to offer, you know, like long training days with your team and times in the weight room and times in the training room and track meets and all these things. It, I kind of feel bad because I completely skipped over so many of those things because I just wanted to be good. And he kind of sat me down. and was like, you got to enjoy the journey, enjoy the journey. And once you enjoy the journey, you will be so much happier. And that's yeah, yeah. one big thing that I still try to live by. So. Yeah. Well, and you, you find often your results show that as well at the end of the day, mm-hmm. because it is much more um, kind of broad based. Um, the, um, so, you know, you've, you've obviously gone through kind of lots to get to kind of where you are now. Um, if, um, you know, uh, women in sport has, has changed over that time too. And, and um, you know, I think, uh, you know, bobsled's a great example and, and some of those things where there are people excelling in, in areas. And have you found, um, have you found that there's, there's getting to be more spotlight on, on women in sport? Uh, like, has that helped you from that end? Or you find there's still kind of a long way to go from that end? You know, what, what's it been like in your experience? You know, you're still pretty young. So, you know, you can, you can see how it's maybe changed or not changed in that amount of time. I think that it's getting better. Um, there definitely still is a long way to go for women in sport. Um, I try to be as much of an advocate for that as I can. Um, again, like being a female athlete, like I want other women to succeed as well. And for other people to watch women's sport and to know there there's more out there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the biggest thing, I don't know if you kind of keep up on like collegiate championships and those sort of things and like how many people are watching. It's, it's amazing to see, you know, at the end of like the um, NCAA March Madness for the women, like how many mm-hmm. people like tuned in this year to watch that. Like that's huge. Um, you know, same thing with the college softball world series, how many people are like finding out about this and how amazing, how exciting it is. And I think it's just, we're just touching on women's sport. Um, it can get really hard though, seeing social media, social media, right. It's good and bad. You know, you'll go on a post and you'll kind of see negative things from people talking about women's sport. And it's, it's hard to see, and it's really hard to bite your tongue and not say anything, but it's, it's just not, it's not worth it. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, part of it is driven from there being a lot of discussion around it now, which is good, but you do see some of the, the um, definite old way of kind of looking at things and, and those comments that, that aren't mm-hmm. helpful, but hopefully it's creating more of a, there are a lot more people that react to it the way you just talked about um, now than there ever used to be, which is, which is mm-hmm. a good thing. So um, the other side is hopefully that that also translates into kind of more, uh, more funding for people like you that are trying to, to be able to, to kind of go down this path. And, and so hopefully we're seeing more of that as well. Um, you know, so what, what is next for you? How does, how does that work? I mean, you talked about kind of, uh, you know, if people are follow bobsled, they might understand kind of what those next steps are, but, um, tell us a little bit about how that works for somebody who's, who's in the developmental stage and, and being able to kind of move forward and trying to, uh, um, to make it to that next step as well. What does that look like? Okay. So, 
Um, right now, right, just finished my first season. I only competed in one race, NAC was in Park City. Yeah. Um, the next big thing that's coming up is I've ta- I've said it push push championships. Um, push championships are in Lake Placid, and basically it's just seeing how fast you can push the sled by yourself and yeah. with a teammate, and we will do a combine with that where, you know, we'll sprint, we'll jump, we'll throw, we'll lift weights. We'll do all those things just to kind of see where we're at. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of the deciding factor on where you are for the next season. Um, uh, You could get chosen to kind of stay in North America and compete in NAC, you know, and I guess like when we kind of talk about it, that's more of like B team kind of things. Like a lot of people that are still like in developmental, like that kind of thing. Um, or you could get picked to travel the world circuit and be on the world cup team. Right. And that's, those are kind of the two things that um, bobsled has going at the moment for the USA. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, and it is interesting. We've had lots of people on now that um, are kind of at those different stages. And so it is, uh, it is nice to be able to kind of help people understand a little bit about how the process works. If, if this is a new sport for them as well. So um, now, you know, you are, both a coach and an athlete who've gone through lots of things. We talked about some of the resiliency stuff. One of the things that we always ask any guest that comes on is a a couple of um, just actionable things that people can take away. I know they've probably already done that by now, but um, the one thing I thought was really interesting is, um, you know, if, if, um, uh, if you are trying to, um, you know, maybe you feel kind of stuck with your results or maybe, um, you know, there's, you know, you're, um, you're not where you want to be on, on something, whether it's athletically or um, in other ways, uh, do you have a couple of things, especially from maybe a, a coaching perspective or as an athlete yourself that um, would help you kind of get past that? If you feel that um, you're, you're, you'll get past some kind of setback or a barrier. Um, do you have a couple of things you'd suggest? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've all gone through them, right? We've all had setbacks. We all have these barriers that we come up on. And that's because, right, our people's paths are never linear. They're never straight up. They're ups, downs, that whole thing. And I think that my biggest takeaway um, after being an athlete and what I like to tell people is to just keep going, right? Just keep going and just keep trudging through because somewhere something good is going to happen out of it. And it might not be something big. It could be something very, very small that can lead to something big. And that's why I, me personally, I really, really stress the little things and potentially doing more of the little things might make the big things come sooner. So that's, that's kind of my, my big thing. Again, I'm like huge on, you know, people like getting enough sleep, my athletes sleeping, I know sleep is like a huge thing. Um, eating athletes don't want to eat. I don't know why they don't want to eat, but they never <laughs> want to eating. Please eat, um, you know, doing the stretches and the rehab and all of the tiny, tiny little things that might give you just that little extra that could help. Yeah. Well, that's great <laughs> advice. Uh, so um, if people are going to you know, want to follow your journey and uh, what's happening with you over the next little while, what are some of the best ways of doing that? Riley? Okay. So I'm, actually more active on Twitter than I am on Instagram. Mm. Um, my Twitter handle is Rhino, R-H-Y-N-O, um, two underscores. Um, I actually put out a lot of coaching and sports stuff. And that's kind of my, my big platform as for women's sports as well. I'm constantly t- 
talking and retweeting about things on there. Um, and then my Instagram is rhino underscore as well, R-H-Y-N-O. All right. And we'll make sure that we have those both in the show notes so people can kind of click those, follow them. Um, lots of great, uh, great content on there. So let's make sure that we do that. If you haven't hit subscribe on the podcast, do that right now. Um, we have great guests every week, just like Riley. And, um, you know, it, it, We'll uh, um, also make sure again that we've got um, all of your information and all those things so that people can kind of follow what you're doing over the next little while, because uh, I think that's going to be uh, uh, really exciting over the next little while to see kind of how things um, go in in that new path that you're following. So uh, um, thanks for taking the time. I know uh, uh, busy time of year and, uh, um, you know, but again, um, you know, thanks for taking the time with us today, Riley. Absolutely. Thank you. This was awesome. All right. And we will talk to everybody else again on uh, Big Idea, Big Moves. Thanks for listening to the Big Idea, Big Moves podcast. Be sure to drop us a comment on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Instagram at bigidea underscore big moves. We love to hear your feedback. Till next time, remember, big change comes from small, consistent actions.